Hey, what's up, bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app that's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern reformation. Yeah, the bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building, right back in here. Another Tuesday, super excited as always to be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to the bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And like I start every show, I love to thank the listeners. Thank you guys for listening to the bar. Thank you for sharing right now, wherever you are, wherever you listen to the bar, I want you to screenshot your player so we can share it on social media. Let people know your favorite podcast, the bar podcast. And like I do every Tuesday, I bring you an awesome guest. This guest, uh, is, you know, I actually found him on a documentary. And, uh, as soon as I found him, I really enjoyed what he said, but we're going to talk about that later. But I have on none other than Pastor Neil. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well indeed. Thank you, Duane. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So first of all, uh, uh, Neil, the, the number one thing that jumped out to me was your location. We, I'm going to let you talk about that. And then, uh, uh, your accent. So we're going to, I want you to introduce yourself to my listeners, share whether we want to share, whether it's personal, professional, uh, you got the floor to do that right here. Well, thank you. Yes. My name is Neil Stewart. I'm the pastor at Christ Covenant Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, I hail originally from Northern Ireland. I was born and raised there and uh, was initially uh, trained to be a medical physician. I was a pediatric doctor in the Royal Belfast Hospital for Sick Children. And about 20 years ago now, I left medical practice, felt a call uh, to proclaim the unsearchable riches of God in Christ Jesus, and came across to America and took up um, the MDiv program at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. I had a glorious three years there. Wonderful. So indebted to my professors. 
And then I uh, ministered for four years in the vast metropolis of Yazoo City, Mississippi, up in the Delta. And then I left there and went to Savannah, Georgia for 10 years, where I pastored Kirk of the Isles, and then came here four years ago and actually left the PCA. I was in the PCA all those years and left the PCA. And, and uh, I'm, I'm now a minister in the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. Wow. Okay. That is I have a an wife and I have six interesting children. journey. All right. On top of all of that, right? <laughs> One wife and six children. Much better than the reverse. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Much better than the reverse. So uh, <laughs> my my listeners know I am from North Carolina. And so anybody that's in North Carolina that I get excited about, uh, literally today we dropped an episode uh, from a pastor that's actually in my hometown. So when I saw you in Greensboro, I really got excited about that. Um, so let's rewind back to uh, going from a physician to hearing the call of ministry. Tell me a little bit about that time period. I mean, because I, I can't imagine the pay is the same. So t- talk to me a little <laughs> bit about that time period and that transition. So uh, in the UK, you go straight from high school into medical school. So uh, you leave high school at 18, you go five years into medical school. And during those five years, when I, when I went to medical school, I was a member of a charismatic church in Belfast. I played in the worship band. I sometimes joke that I was uh, an Arminian dispensational boogie-woogie piano playing in worship, uh, tongue-speaking, <laughs> though I really wasn't speaking in tongues, person. Uh, and then in medical school, I was living in digs in, in Belfast with some Reformed Baptists. And over dinner and lunch, they'd give me books from Banner of Truth and ask me questions about, did Christ die for the whole world or just for the elect? And I would say, you know, well, John 3.16, of course, he died for the whole world. Mm-hmm. And then we had discussions. And the first book I read was by R.C. Sproul, um, Chosen by God. And it just blew the top of my head clean off. <laughs> uh, and uh, just began reading one book after the other, the Puritan paperbacks by Banner of Truth and others. And kind of during that time, I came to a sense. I was I was exposed to the preaching of Derek Thomas, who was back in Belfast back mm-hmm. then, uh, ministering in a wee small church on the Strandmillis Road. And then like um, Ted Donnelly, Edward Donnelly in Belfast, he's a Reformed Presbyterian minister. And those men preached an experiential Calvinism, a, a theology that could be felt, that gripped my soul. That when mm-hmm. they preached, I felt something. There's so much preaching today that's like a painted fire that doesn't burn, it doesn't heat, it doesn't give light, it's just there in the room. Uh, but this preaching that I experienced there wow. was just life-shattering. It was There was thunder, there was lightning, and uh, I, I felt moved to the core of my being. And as I was listening to that over a couple of years, I began to feel the Lord kindling a, a desire to go forth and do likewise. And so... Uh, interrupt me whenever you want. So basically, during that time, I was in medicine. I graduated into pediatrics, and I kind of took Spurgeon's advice. You know, if you can do anything else except preach the gospel, do it. And so I, I lent into medicine, and the Lord just blessed. We we we, we went on, and things were looking very good. And um, I had I had I had chances to preach during all that time. Uh, Derek had gone. He went to RTS Jackson to be a professor there. And um, 
So our church was vacant and had some chances to preach, and the Lord blessed that. Uh, but they were few and far between. I'd preach maybe three times a year. And the Lord blessed it. I was encouraged preaching. People were very encouraging to me. But the, the, the medical side of things was just going on apace. And so to cut a long story short, it all came to a climax in 1998. I was offered a career-making job to do research in pediatric ICU. I applied for that and got the job and was basically taking a step out of medicine for two years to do this research. And I was committed to it. There was no way out of it. And in the middle of all that conversation, I began having a chance to preach more regularly, uh, which was a little disconcerting because I was, I was really committing to medicine. But the Lord began to, to really open up the doors of preaching. And in the middle of all that, I had a chance to speak to uh, Dr. Sinclair Ferguson. And uh, he recommended that I reconnect with Derek at RTS. So I called Derek. And he said, O'Neill, this was in January now of 99. There's a, 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 there's a scholarship available for international students for this summer. There's one slot left. Apply for it. You'll definitely get it. And I said, I can't. Um, I'm stuck in this research project for two years. <laughs> uh, and so uh, he said, well, apply when you're finished. So that next week in God's providence, my research supervisor called me. I was the lead physician on the project. And I met with him. And he was kind of planning out my long-term career in pediatrics. And uh, I told him, didn't mention the scholarship. But I did feel I should tell him at the end of the project in two years' time that he might... Uh, <laughs> kind of realize that I'm, I think I'm going to leave medicine and go into the ministry. And in my mind, I'm saying, Lord, if it's your will for me to go this summer, have him say, well, if you feel called to the ministry, why don't you go this summer? Which I knew he'd never say. He wasn't a Christian. <laughs> right. And so right. Uh, in that conversation, he kind of jumps in and we're talking. I told him in two years' time, didn't mention the scholarship, nothing, just, you know, project two years' time. He looked at me and said, Neil, if you feel called to the ministry, why are you going in two years? Why don't you go this summer? And I said, wow. uh, well, because, because uh, this is a really important project. I'm honored to do it. I want to do it. That was a bit of a stretch, but I felt I needed to say that. And I, I'm, a, and I'm a man who finishes what he starts. And he said, well, I really appreciate that. I'm coming to you today though, to tell you that our project is dead in the water. One of the other key components of psychologists in the program had dropped out of the project. He said, our project's dead in the water. All of the jobs for this summer in medicine that you could go back into are uh, full. And I was coming cap in hand today to ask you, would you mind taking your family to London or Edinburgh for a year, tread water, and then come back the next year and start the project? But he said, if you feel called to the ministry, could you go this summer? And of course, I said, well, maybe I just turned down a scholarship opportunity in America. So the rest (laughs) is history. So it's a real mercy because God closed one door so evidently and then opened another one. It was kind of a new brainer. Wow. That is an amazing story, man. That is so awesome. Man, and then for, like you said, a non-believer to, to, you know, ask you why you didn't go or why not go. That's, that's, you know, that's God's providence for sure. Well, he actually said to me, you know, he said, nobody will die if you don't do my project. But if you resist your calling from God, that might not be the case. Wow. It was, it was, uh, it was a kind of an interesting moment. Yeah, I could imagine. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love, uh, Dr. Thomas. Uh, he actually has been on the show. 
um, and had the pleasure of meeting him a few times, uh, I think at G3, which I'll be going to this week as well yeah. as uh, I think I met him also in Ligonier. Um, and, uh, definitely love, love his work. Great guy. And he's in, um, Columbia. So he's not too yeah, far from me perfect. either. You're, yeah. Yeah. He's in Columbia and you're in Greensboro, which is so awesome. So tell me about, uh, ministry in Greensboro. Is this a church plant or is this a, uh, or did you take over? What, what's the, the ministry in Greensboro? Tell me a little bit about that. So it's kind of a revitalization program. The church um, used to be a thousand-member church, actually. Some years ago, it was planted in the 1980s by an amazing evangelist who just grew the church from one or two families to over a thousand members. He's the kind of man who would go to Panera Bread and lead two people to the Lord in the <laughs> in the line waiting for a sandwich. He's an incredible evangelist. And so I've been in Savannah 10 years. I've felt the Lord that I'd taken that church as far as I could over 10 years. I left my assistant behind, a senior pastor. And when I spoke to the elders here, I just was impressed. They were asking all the right questions. Mm-hmm. And when I came across to, to meet the congregation here, I was just so encouraged by uh, their warmth. They all lean in. There's kind of a every every member ministry church. And that's really continued over the past four years in God's mercy. We've grown to have almost 300 in attendance on Sunday mornings. And uh, about 78% of our members engage in monthly ministry. So it's just tremendously encouraging. They really they serve one another. The elders shepherd the flock. And we just uh, are committed to reading the Bible, preaching the Bible, singing the Bible, praying the Bible, and then kind of watching the Bible in the sacraments. And the Lord has just gathered a band of hungry uh, disciples, young, hungry worshippers yearning for the old paths. And it's been really encouraging to watch. Wow, that is amazing. That sounds, that sounds really good. So right here, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is the Chocolate Knox. If you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass... This is the show for you. Cross Politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith, culture, and politics, proclaiming the Lordship of Christ in every corner of our culture. Hallelujah. Gabriel Wrench is a deacon from Texas, and he wears overalls. One time. <laughs> Chocolate Knox, a.k.a. David Shannon, he's a movie maker from Minnesota. Action! I'm Toby Sumter, pastor here in Moscow, Idaho, and... I used to live in Alaska. Did you know that? No. no. We've interviewed everyone from Alveda King to Ted Cruz to Steve Dace to Walter Williams. And we invite you to join us here at Cross Politic as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast all to the glory of God. CrossPolitik.com. All right. We're back in here with my buddy, uh, Pastor Neil. And, uh, Pastor Neil, this is where we do what we call the bar signature questions. These are three questions I ask all of my guests. Even uh, Dr. Thomas had to answer these questions. So they're, mm. they're, they're I call them unique to my podcast. Uh, so uh, the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, wow. So I, I listen to a wide eclectic range, everything from uh, classical music, Chopin, mm-hmm. Schubert, 
uh, all the way through to New Orleans uh, boogie woogie blues <laughs> nice. uh, piano. Uh, so uh, at the moment, I'm listening to an album by Jules Holland, who is kind of a big band uh, blues pianist in the mm. UK. His piano album is just incredible. He is a wonderfully unique style. So it's kind of I listen to everything in between. Gotcha. Um, most musicians so, are like that because I know you, I heard you say you played. So most musicians are pretty eclectic because they like to hear different styles. So that that makes sense. Yeah, anything with piano in it, I listen to. Got it. All right. Next signature bar question is: What book or books are you currently reading? Okay. Um, so I'm taking the men of our congregation, kind of a leadership development class. Uh, through uh, Calvin's Institute of the Christian Religion. That is just incredible. I'm, I'm always benefited by Calvin. He's so warm and uh, thoughtful in his writing. I, I never, I always leave Calvin better than I find him. Whenever I, I read him, he just edifies me. So I'm walking the men through the, the new 1541 edition that the banner put out a couple of years ago. It's been tremendous. Um, I try and read a bit of history every day. I'm reading a book by Nathan O'Hatch called The Democratization of American Christianity, which is helpful. I'm doing an, an apologetics class with our young folk on Sunday morning, kind of our, our teenage, senior high class. So I'm reading Van Till's Apologetic with Greg Banson and uh, also Covenantal Apologetics by Scott Oliphant. Uh, and then just to kind of warm my heart for preaching, I'm also reading uh, the Christ-centered preaching of Martin Lloyd-Jones, which is, I'm always encouraged by the simplicity and the profundity of the old doctor, his, his preaching. He just, he just seems to connect and explain the eternal realities of sin, righteousness, judgment to come, the cross, in ways that just remain abidingly relevant and powerful. And so I always um, inspired to think uh and uh preach reading the doctor awesome awesome list all right last signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to if any okay so i listen to i try to listen to a wide range of preachers uh, i listen to obviously Derek thomas uh, gabe fleurer is also at first press tremendous insight illustration application love listening to gabe fleurer uh, Sinclair Ferguson, Ted Donnelly, his conference sermons that he preached up at uh, the Trinity Reformed Baptist Pastors Conference are worth their weight in gold. Um, also listen to Alistair Begg when I can on Truth for Life. And uh, mm -hmm. I listen to Ben Shapiro on his, uh, his podcast when I'm working out. He's kind of in the background just hearing what's going on mm -hmm. in the wider world. Got it. Good, good, good list there as well. Well, listen, Neil, man, I really enjoy talking to you, man. And, um, I always let my guests kind of close with, uh, like a final thought, words of encouragement, anything you want to share, and then we'll, we'll slide out of here. Okay. Well, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, the best outline I heard uh, someone give of that passage, it's not mine, was God loves the worst. He gives the most and he asks the least. He loves the worst. 
He loves the world, the world and all of its badness and wickedness. The world, in John's writing, isn't so much a, a big place as if John was saying, look, that God's world could love the breadth and width of the world. But actually, John thinks of the world as a bad place in the, in the thrall of darkness, ruled by the devil, where men love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. And the wonder of the gospel is that God loves the world. And if he loves us, if he loved the world when it was nothing but sin, then surely as God's people we can be confident that his love will extend to us even now as the gospel has begun its work in us. So that's he loves the worst, then he gives the most. He gave his only begotten son. It's a staggering uh, sacrifice that God gave. He gave his son, his uh, the, the darling of heaven, the one who dwelt in the bosom of the Father from before the eternal ages, face to face with the Father. And he sent his Son out into this world on that great downward path in which he became flesh, and then he became sin, and then he became cursed. And then he asked the least, what does God require of us to be saved? Um, he asked simply that we look to his Son in faith, that we lay down our doings and we come with the empty, dirty hands of faith to receive Christ. And that's the gospel and it's the greatest message in all the world. And it's why I left medicine all those years ago because as Lloyd-Jones once said, explaining his choice to leave medicine, when I do my best, even in my most successful day as a physician, in the end, all my patients must die. The death mm. rate is the same the world over one death for every person. But in Christ, we have a love and a message that's stronger than death and that can give us life, eternal life, in this age and in the one to come. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Good good stuff. Wow. What a way to end it. Listen, I definitely, definitely enjoyed this. And I got to come to Greensboro, man. I am not too far from there. Guys are willing. My family will be moving uh, to North Carolina soon. Um, but I definitely want to want to come up and, and uh, at least uh, put my hands on you, shake your hand and meet you one day. So that's definitely in my plans. Um, well, do, sure. we, we would love that. Let us know before you come. We'll have you out for dinner. We'd love to have you and your family at our home. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Appreciate that. To the bar listeners, thank you guys for listening to your favorite podcast, The Bar Podcast. Make sure you check out everything on The Bar Network. Just go to thebarpodcast.com, click on The Bar Network tab, and you can see all the podcasts connected. Make sure you go to the Bar Gear page and pick up some bar gear. Uh, we got shirts, hats, beanies, everything right there on that page. Um, and, you know, uh, this was a great show. Till next time, you guys, God bless, and we are
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there